All right. Well, tonight we're uh, picking up in 2 Timothy 4 and verse uh, 13. And if you need a um, handout, we're on the last page of our handout. So um, I think you guys, anybody need one? I think I've probably given them out by now. Everybody good? All right. What's that? No, First Timothy. I, I don't know if I did say it. That was. Oh, I'm sorry. First Timothy, chapter four, and we're down to verse thirteen on point C. So we're almost done tonight with this section, and uh, then we'll move on to the next. Um, so if you have your Bibles, let's uh, be opening up to First Timothy, chapter chapter four, and uh, we'll go on down and read. Um, just pick it up and. We'll just pick up the whole chapter. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to um, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and command to abstain from meats from which uh, God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's coming up this week, praise the Lord, for it is uh, sanctified by the word of God in prayer. It, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and, uh, and exercise um, thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Now we're getting into our text. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Heavenly Father, thank you for the praise that went up. Thank you for the song, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Lord, you are the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. We praise you for all you are. We pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word tonight. The time that we have to pray, uh, Lord, to uh, take the doctrine that we do know, the teaching we do know, and and pray uh, earnestly, uh, Lord, that you would uh, continue to... Um, you know, bless your word and bless it in the lives of your people and for the kingdom's sake. We thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, we've been talking about people who build uh, churches. I'm going to drop back down here. We've, we've covered that list that's right in your outline under point B. Be an example that is tangible. And so we had that list of six things that are very clear from the text um, in the previous uh, verse there, verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth. Be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So we've looked at those. How long are we going to do that? Till I come and give it till I come, right? 
give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Now, historically, of course, uh, Paul was talking about you know, returning to Timothy in Ephesus, most likely, and and uh, that's what his what he was talking about. But we can look at this from a devotional perspective and understand that the Lord's coming soon. And in the meantime, as we're waiting on the Lord, we need to give attendance to reading, exhortation, and to doctrine. So, uh, point C in our text, we need to be an example of consistency. Right? So we need to be intentional to manifest maturity, be an example of that is tangible, and be an example of consistency until Jesus returns. And so there's some practical things that we can do here uh, that are listed until Jesus returns. Give attendance to reading, right? And there's a lot of things you can read today, uh, but he's not talking about just reading the, the newspaper. He's talking about reading the Scripture. Um, and he's not just talking about reading the Scripture in private, uh, but he goes on to say to exhortation, right? That'd be a public manifestation of the reading of God's Word and, uh, and the doctrine, right? So uh, profitable reading is, it nurtures our soul and our mind and our heart. So do you, I, I, don't, I don't want you to raise your hands here, but I hope if in this room we would all have a consistent reading schedule, right? That we would give attendance, giving attendance, you know, we take attendance on Sunday mornings because we're expecting consistency, right? When someone's not consistently attending, um, we have concerns. Now, that doesn't mean someone doesn't miss and go on vacation or go visit family or something comes up in life. But we take attendance because we're looking for consistency. If we didn't care about consistency, we wouldn't give it. We wouldn't take attendance, right? And so he's saying, give attendance to reading. This is something we need to be consistent in, uh, and we don't need to be legalistic about it. Uh, some people can get legalistic about it. Uh, I personally, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in devotional reading every day because I, I have, it affects me really negatively if I don't. You know, I, I really need it for my own well-being. Um, but I don't, I don't want to get legalistic about it. But if you aren't consistently in the Word daily, if, if there comes too much lapse, I guarantee you, you're going to have problems. There's going to be issues in your heart, and that's going to eventually make its way out in your life. And so giving attendance to reading is important, uh, personal, public, and profitable reading, right? Uh, all of those things are important. And not everything, uh, in addition to the Word of God, of course, there's other reading that you can give attendance to that's edifying reading. So in addition to the reading the Bible, what else are we reading? So it's not, And sometimes there's things maybe we need to omit in our reading, right? So um, I know there's things that I sometimes I read it, and I'm like, that was a waste of however many minutes of my life. Why did I take the time to read that? Um, and so there's reading that's profitable and reading that's not profitable. Um, and so you know you need to you need to be especially today. There's more information in, in in this era in which we live than humans have ever had access to in the history of the world. So we do have to be discreet in what we take the time to invest in reading. I get news feeds on my phone. I could read about murders and. And celebrities and just stuff that doesn't matter. I don't really care. And so if it has us on it or uh, whatever, it's weird what people consider news. I don't care what the Kardashians are saying. Next, you know, <laughs> just next. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Even politicians, I really don't care. I know where I'm at. You know, I just gotta. I gotta keep moving because there's some things I just don't have time for. And and so we need to be very judicious in reading. Also, point two for our notes: give attendance to exhortation. Right? Exhortation. Exhorting. Um, you know, we need to be exhorting the lost. 
of course, to be saved, but we also need to be exhorting the saved uh, so that they're edified. And to we need to ex- exhort oneself, right? We need to exhort ourselves. Um, uh, you know, we're to be given to this thing, give attendance to reading, to exhorting. Um, and so how do you get the word out? How do you encourage others in the word? That's a practical That's a practical command here this isn't a suggestion right so a lot of us are comfortable reading but we're not we're not comfortable exhorting right and exercising what we do know and engaging in uh in getting the word of god into other people and to you know we also got to be intentional some other places that we can invest the word uh or the to the backslidden right we can be intentional to exhort people that are backslidden, and not just let them backslide, but to, to give them every opportunity to, to repent so that they can get in the will of God. And so another thing is to give attendance to doctrine, right? To reading, to exhortation, uh, and to doctrine. So the teaching of God's Word is not to be neglected. Timothy was to teach what Paul had given him. He was a steward of the mysteries of Christ, just as we are. He's a steward of the Word of God. And so uh, we need to give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Here at HBF, there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, uh, you know, you can you can learn you know the doctrine from discipleship, but are you then investing it? Are you preparing to invest the the doctrine in other people? Right? Are you are you growing in that grace? Maybe you're learning and and investing and learning and and reading and growing. And getting involved in things, and you know what? There's a point in time where you can give that doctrine out, and you invest in the doctrine, and then you can invest that doctrine, that teaching, in other people through various means. Uh, today, in the in the children's ministry, we were teaching the children on character issues uh, from the Word of God. That was a good time of, of of doctrine. It was good. It was a good lesson today. And so, our class, Amy was telling me your class had a good time. Our class did too. It was really good. And so, uh, even teaching the children, um, it shouldn't really be even. I mean, feeding the lambs is a very important aspect. It's a great place to learn how to take the doctrine you've learned and to teach others. Because if you can get it across to children, uh, then you can get it across to anybody. Uh, The fourth thing here is neglect not the gift that is in thee. So, um, of course, the gift of the Holy Ghost is given us when we get saved. And so... Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy uh, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. So this is uh, going a little deeper than just us having the gift of the Holy Ghost. Timothy was to teach uh, what God had given him, and and God had given Timothy an ability to minister to the body. And the whole church body, the the presbytery, that's what that is really dealing with. That's what that's referring to. We don't use those terms around here. When you think of presbytery, you think of... Of Presbyterian Church, uh, but it just is. It is the ecclesia. It's the church. So the body of Christ has laid hands on him, and they've recognized that God is is using him uh, as a teacher, and and there's a gift that God has given him, uh, and and God has has allowed him to fulfill that. And so the teaching that he has been given is a gift, and that he has to then gift that back to the body of Christ. So ne- neglect not the gift that is in thee. You know, when I got saved, my discipler told me, you know, uh, if I had to pay for everything that God has given me through our local church, I don't have enough money to do that, right? And really, what he was saying, if I had to pay for everything that God has given me through our local church, what it's all from God, then I don't have enough money. But one of the things you can do is invest your life in giving those things to other people, right? And in addition to financial giving, which is what he was talking about, it's also important to serve, 
And by the way, he was a servant. He did, and he does do that even to this day. He's serving the Lord, and so it's not just about giving. Uh, in his case, he was talking about financially, but but also it's our lives. The reason I'm a pastor is because I believe what was being given to me. Right? I don't think I don't take it lightly. Like, oh, this is really cool information, man. I can't. I can't. I mean, I can't believe how this Bible goes together dispensationally. Look at all this neat stuff I know. Right? Well, what good is that if we're not going somewhere with it? Right? If we're not stewarding that? If we're not investing that gold in other people that can carry that when I'm dead and gone? There's other faithful people that can carry that to the next generation, the next generation. So our investment in other people reveals the value of the gift that we've been given. Right, and that gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It is the oracles of God. It is the the Spirit's grace to give us an understanding how to rightly divide the Word of God. That's a gift, and it's a gift to be in churches um, that. And I don't want to say this like I'm because it isn't me. It's, God has I got saved and woke up in a church in essence in a church that knew how to rightly divide and teach the Word of God. I didn't know I didn't choose where I was born. I didn't choose where I was going to be born again. Really, it just God met me where I was at and took me right where I needed to go. So I've been. I've been blessed, and understanding that makes me realize, man, I need to be a blessing. I could have gotten born again somewhere else, gone to some other church. I mean, immediately after I got saved, Charismatics were inviting me to their church. If I'd have went that route, I'd, you know, I'd probably fallen off and been back in the world by now, right? You know, so God has really done a great job of making sure I'm accountable. I got every opportunity to succeed, and so what am I going to do with it? And conversely, I pray that that's the environment we have at HBF as well. That this is a church where, the, you know what, if you want to follow God, and give your life, you will have everything that you need to accomplish the mission of God and the power of God for the glory of God by the grace of God. Right? So that's the gift of eternal life. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's the gift of the knowledge of God's Word. It's the gift of the body of Christ itself. Uh, all those things that God provides, it's a beautiful thing. So we don't want to neglect that gift that's been given us, but certainly there's also some who are called to minister to the body as a gift. Right? So in Ephesians, if you go to Ephesians chapter 4, we're talking about this on Wednesday night, but there's, it's also very clear that there are some that are gifts to the body. So um, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long is he going to do that? Well, verse 13 says of Ephesians 4, "...till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." Right, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speak the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head of the body, even Christ. And he talks about how the bodies fitly joined together. That's coming on the heels of talking about the gifts uh, in regard to, to officers that God has put in the body, uh, evangelists, teachers, uh, etc., pastors to grow the body to set things in order and so uh, the body grows through those gifts so god gifts the body uh, with people that continue to help uh, help it grow and edify itself in love Um, that's taking nothing away of course from the spirit of god which does all the teaching and all the uh, all that has all the power and uh, and all of those things so um, i'm going to pause there any other comments or thoughts on the gift that's in thee Uh, so yes jeff
Yeah, please go ahead. No, I wasn't going to elaborate on that. Oh. And yeah, they claim that they have a gift because so and so prophesied they have that gift. Well, that's not what this is talking about. No. What this is talking about is talking about the preaching. The so teaching. What Timothy was taught, he used to teach others. That's a second Timothy two two. Two two situation. Yeah. So when it says that he says which was given me by prophecy. Talking about those things that were preached, Timothy, that you heard, that you learned, that you take that and you pass it on to others. Now, is that the way you look at that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Prophecy in the New Testament is that. Exactly. Yeah, it is the teaching of God's Word. Yeah, Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 14, and he says, prophesy to edify the body. Right. And not just mumble jumble. Right. Yeah, it would, then of course the charismatics twist the, the prophecy, and uh, you got a word of faith, kind of a word of faith type of thing. Yeah, so yeah, the pro- I don't have anything in my notes to elaborate on that, but yeah, Timothy is a is a minister. Of the doctrine is what we're talking about, the teaching of God's word. Yeah, yeah, it's the context of what he's been given. He's to remember these things, uh, verse six, uh, and put the brethren in remembrance of these things. He's entrusted this prophecy. However, when we think about prophets, we today when we point to the prophets, uh, there is prophecy in the New Testament, but we don't call Paul a prophet. We call him an apostle. We call we call the prophets the prophets, and they're in the Old Testament. It's, it's recorded. So the canon of Scripture is already done. And we've got the we got the law and the prophets, as Jesus called it. So, uh, even in the New Testament, teaching that was revel, re- revealed, uh, you know, uh, has now been canonized. So the Scripture contains all the prophecy that we need. So Revelation is a prophecy. So it's not that we're against prophecy in in what the Bible teaches, because that's really all it means. What does the Bible say about this or that other subject? It's it's a congruent with the doctrine. So thanks, Jeff. It's not a it's not a uh, the office of a prophet, which some of the charismatic churches do have that, uh, and and it is a more of a word faith, meaning that uh, God has given them a word, and it is not necessarily in the scripture, or it's usually a piece of scripture that's been twisted, and that's how you end up like people in Toronto laughing, getting the hysterical laughter, or Kenneth Copeland just saying anything he wants to do whatever he wants, or uh, there's just so much charismatic silliness out there it's not even it's usually a misrepresentation of prophecy not a representation of prophecy so the doctrine is important and and uh, paul or uh, timothy was not to neglect that because he was given that that uh, understanding and that doctrine to give to others also and the church acknowledged that and now he's got a responsibility he's a gift of the body right because he's been blessed with that responsibility and uh, woe unto him if he preaches not the gospel right woe unto him if he doesn't train faithful men are able to teach others also so uh, point five uh, meditate upon these things give be uh, i like this verse i think about this a lot uh, be given wholly to them right uh, and we're to do that until he comes um, neglect the neglect the, the, the gift. Uh, the, I'm sorry. Let me verse 15. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Why? Semicolon. That thy profiting may appear. Right. Be manifest to all. 
So uh, everybody needs to see this. Meditate upon them. Meditation is something, uh, again, it's kind of like prophecy. It's a concept that is perverted in our, in our culture. So when we think of meditation, we think of emptying our mind. Yeah, but biblically, meditating is a biblical concept where we fill our mind. So it's just the 180-degree opposite of what we see in our culture. What's popular today is Eastern meditation, which empties your mind so you can be opened up to demons. Sincerely, that's what that's all about. And then biblical meditation is filling your mind and your heart with the Word of God and dwelling on those things. Think on these things. And that'll be, that's a blessing. Uh, that thy profiting, uh, that, uh, so that the profiting will appear to all. The things that you glean may be visible and appear to everybody. Uh, not just in what we, not just in our, our conversation, or not just in our communication, uh, which is important, but most importantly, our conversation, right? The thing, when we meditate on Scripture, it changes our conversation, and meaning our lifestyle, not just our communication. So we're not meditating just so we can talk differently. We're actually meditating so we can live differently. And, uh, and so we have been blessed to be a blessing. Just as Abraham was blessed by God to bless all nations, so too we have been blessed by Jesus Christ uh, to bless all nations. When you think about it, we, the father of faith, Abraham, was blessed to bless all nations. Well, guess what? We've been blessed to bless all nations too. So we have been given a huge responsibility. We need to meditate upon those things and give ourselves wholly to them. Um, and not hide from what God's doing in our hearts. The most practical way to share the light uh, is to declare the light and open our mouth and share the gospel. As I was preaching this morning with coworkers, you know, ask intelligent questions, ask about people's lives with sincerity, ask God to give us doors of utterance and boldness, of course, to go with that, to speak the gospel as we ought, as we ought. Uh, spend time in God's Word, and then also take on the, the mantle, if uh, I know in here many of us are ready to do that, as, and, and take on the, the job of discipleship. I mean, we've got to have people doing the hard work of training people up in the Word of God. And when it comes to discipleship, it is, it is super important that we live right the Word of God, not just know the Word of God. It's not enough to have the right answers. We've got to really live the right answers, and that is the most important aspect. So point six, give thyself wholly to them all right so give up uh let go and and uh your will let go of your will and allow jesus christ to call the shots in our lives right that's what he's saying Uh, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt uh, say both thyself and them that hear thee so what we uh take heed to is going to affect others around us and so all of us can think of some area in our life uh, at times where we're saying no to God, think just as you think about that. Even tonight, uh, there there might be an area in our life where we're saying, you know, God, I'll let you have everything, but I want to keep this. And uh, you know, really, all we need to do is let go of that and let God have that, and just say, God, you know what? There's no door you can't open. There's nothing that you can't have or take. And if you're that worried of letting go, then you know for sure that's something that you need to allow God to have. And so listen to the Spirit of God, uh, because you don't want to fall short of the grace of God. You want to continue in the things that you've learned, right? Knowing of whom you've learned them. And in doing this, what will happen is you'll save yourself. You'll save yourself heartache. You'll save your, We're not talking about salvation. You're already born again. But you'll save yourself from failure, right? From coming up short and not edifying the body of Christ. Um, and, and so allow God to have control of you. And then God will be able to work through you uh, in the needs of other people's life so that God can control others also. So let go, let go and let God have all of you, every aspect of you. 
and the, uh, any, even pet sins, pride, comfort, and all of those things. And God will continue to use you uh, to minister uh, the Word of God to others. And seven, number seven is take heed unto thyself. You probably guessed that. So as opposed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When he's saying taking heed unto thyself, he's saying in a, don't take heed to those seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that are mentioned uh, previously. Right. So you don't want to do that. That's what's up in uh, verse 1 of uh, chapter chapter 4. So don't listen to those guys, right? Listen to what um, the Spirit of God is saying through the Word of God uh, and unto the doctrine that's been given. So when we take heed, we practice what we preach, and as we continue in them, uh, we save ourselves and those that hear thee. And so, uh, you know, Christianity is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so, you know, it's consistency over time is credibility. And so this this is one of the things that we need to be consistent in, right? That's why we need to give attendance to it, right? It's not just some we just check in once and visit. Don't give a visit. <laughs> you know, give attendance to these things. These are things that we need to come back around. Some of these things that we go through, as simple as they may be, it's good to hear them over and over again. It's good for me to rehearse them again, right? And so one of the things I need to do is make sure I practice what I preach. And so... Um, and so just just following God faithful uh, faithfully and continuing the things that, that uh, you learn will impact not only your life but others around you beyond what you could ask or think. I think everybody in here has probably made a, ripples in the kingdom of God. Um, and it's, it's amazing sometimes you don't realize it at the time, but days and weeks and months, excuse me, years go by. And uh, you look behind you and you're like, wow, I cannot believe everything God is doing. And you don't even sometimes realize all that God is doing. And people may even come up and tell you a story. You know, you said this or you did that or whatever. Well, it wasn't you. It was the Spirit of God working in you. And it wasn't because you were focused on that. It's just because you were meditating on the Word of God. You were giving yourself wholly to that. You were thinking on what you need to be doing. And God uses that in the lives of others. So we're no good to others unless we're good ministers of Jesus Christ ourselves. And that's ultimately what he's saying to Timothy. Look, Timothy, you're not good to anybody if you're not... If you're not taking care of this business in your own life, right? So don't forget what you've been entrusted. Don't forget the responsibility, but don't forget to, to visit, right? To give attendance to those basic things that keep you between the white lines so that you're profitable to everybody. Because everyone needs to see the profit uh, coming out of you. And not the profit with a PhD, but the profit with an FIT, right? Uh, and so, uh, so be an example of the believers intentionally um, to manifest maturity, right? That's how we started this chapter. Be an example in, uh, that is tangible. So intentional, tangible, and then consistently until the return of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is coming soon. So the mark of biblical maturity is trusting God to save people through the glorious gospel. We need to be intentional to manifest maturity uh, by an example. Uh, that is tangible until Jesus Christ returns uh, so that, that that God is able to um, use us to bring glory to him and to bring people into his kingdom, make disciples that make disciples, that build the church and give him all the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, so that's everything I got for chapter 4. Next time we get together, we'll be in chapter 5, Rebuke an Elder, uh, and we'll talk about all that and get into chapter 6 and finish up this book. All right, so... Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a as a uh, father, and the younger men as brethren. So, 
All right, let's go ahead and uh, pray, and then we'll pray. I'll turn off the, the recorder as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, past 28 minutes. Thank you for the time in your word. Thank you for the time in song and praise. Thank you for Ron, who's a like a human uh, gift, uh, instrument, Lord, of praise. Uh, thank you for him. Thank you for your church. Thank you for uh, just the things that uh, you're doing uh, in the life of our church right now. Thank you for the season coming up this week of Thanksgiving. Give us a, a great attitude of gratitude. And, uh, Lord, I pray, God, that you would be glorified in all the things that we both uh, say and do here tonight. We thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to make-